Hello, my friend. This is Clyde. Go with God's power. You need to know that our conversation is going to require honesty on your part. If you are not willing to engage, then I think this is not for you. And that's okay. I won't judge you if you, go, if you do not go any further with this message. But I just want you to know that this is not about judging you or an attempt to embarrass you. I believe the Holy Spirit is speaking to us about what we are doing with the gospel. Are we committed to sharing the gospel or do we treat it as secondary? Today, our text is one of the last big talks Jesus had with his disciples, not counting Judas, who was by then deceased. In Matthew 28, verse 16 through 20, is where we meet Jesus and his disciples at what might well have been a familiar meeting area. Let's hear what Matthew handed down to us. Then the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. I don't know what was the significance of Galilee, but earlier in the chapter, the women who had come to the tomb of Jesus met an angel who told them that Jesus is risen. He then said, go quickly and tell his disciples he has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Not long after, Jesus met the same women and said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee. There they will see me. These guys were from Galilee. Jesus was from Galilee. The ministry was started in Galilee. Could it be that he wanted them in a familiar place to give them an unfamiliar message? Jesus can meet you anywhere, but maybe, just maybe, he wants to meet you at your Galilee, at the place that you're familiar with, at the place where you and him first met. Anyway, in this meeting, there was some worshipping Jesus while some were doubting. Is this real? Is he really alive? After what they did to him the day he was crucified? Don't be too critical on those who doubted. You would probably have had your doubts too. Then Jesus said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. This came after the crucifixion. This is after he has come back from the dead. In Philippians 2, we read about Jesus dying even the death on a cross. Then Paul said, Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. What Jesus was about to say was not said before, but after the crucifixion and the resurrection. And he starts off by declaring that all power is given to him. Paul says that God has given him a name that is above every other name. Jesus was about to give them a task, but look at 
Who is giving them the task? Jesus, the resurrected Jesus, the one who now has all power given to him, the one who has been given the most powerful name in the world. Hmm. Well, let us listen to what he had to tell them. One, go all over the world, all over the place and make disciples of everybody you encounter. You are being asked to lead people to Jesus, the one who has all power, the one with the name above every other name on planet Earth or in the heavens. This is the Jesus who is telling them to go everywhere and tell people about him, tell people that Jesus saves, tell people that they need to repent and become children of God. Number two, baptize the new disciples that you make in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Note, not three names, but one name. He spoke of three persons, but one name. This is a lesson that God is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We read in Genesis 1 that God, singular, said, Let us make man. Who's going to make man? Us, plural. God is three in one. And so when they baptize the new disciples, they are doing it in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. It means the baptism is authentic. It means that the baptism meets God's approval. Number three, teach them to observe everything I have commanded you. Teach them to love. Teach them to let their light shine. Teach them to live in peace despite the trouble going on in the world. Teach them that I am going away to prepare a place for those who follow me and I will return for all my disciples for them to come live with me eternally. Teach them that everyone who refuses or rejects me and my gift of eternal life, they will perish in the lake of fire. Teach them everything I command you. Don't leave anything out and don't water it down. Tell it to them just like I've given you. The last part of the message said, and surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. In a later place, he told them that they should not embark on this mission to go make disciples, baptizing them, teaching them all things, until they have received power from the Holy Spirit, power to go make disciples, power to baptize in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, power to teach them everything that Jesus commanded them. You cannot, I cannot, we cannot do the mission that Jesus, the powerful one, has given us without power that comes only from the Holy Spirit. We need the power that the Holy Spirit gives for the mission, for the assignment. Holy Spirit, I want to participate in the spreading of the gospel, but I need your power. I need power that will assure me that Jesus, the risen Lord, is with me. I need the power to be effective. I need the power that when I speak, knees will bow. When I call the name of Jesus, knees will bow and tongues will confess that Jesus is Lord. Please give me the power of the Holy Spirit. Amen.